Welcome to the Adorned Women Podcast. Our goal is to inspire you with news stories each week featuring women of faith from all over the world, both past and present, and we want to introduce you to them. Through weekly discussions with each sister in Christ, we hope to give you a glimpse into who they are and how their lives have been transformed by the gospel. We are all in this journey together, so let's be inspired together. Hello, Adorned Women. We are so excited to introduce you to our new friend, Lizelle Amarilli. Lizelle grew up in the Philippines where she lived the earliest part of her life with her parents who did not have faith in Jesus. However, when Lizelle was just five years old, she was introduced to the living word by her aunt, a believer, and Lizelle made the decision to give her life to Christ. Though she faced threats, insults, and ridicule all throughout her childhood and teenage years, Lizelle persevered in her faith, always praying for those who persecuted her, especially her own family. Driven by a call to ministry that she received when she was 10 years old, Lizelle made the decision upon graduating from university to step into full-time ministry with YWAM in Davao City. She strives daily to disciple young people, mentor and equip leaders, and to teach the Word of God. She has now worked with YWAM alongside her husband, Eddie, for the past 14 years. Together, they are also raising three young sons, Jariah, Joshua, and Josiah. We hope this conversation with Lizelle encourages you today because it certainly encouraged us. Welcome back, Adorn Women. I'm Michaela, your host, and I'm here with my co-host and sister-in-law, Alicia. Hey, guys. And we are here with our amazing guest, Lizelle. Lizelle, if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, everyone. I'm Lizelle Amarilie. I'm from the Philippines in Davao City. And I have three kids. I have uh, my eldest, Jariah, is seven years old. And I have twins. Uh, they are three years old. And my husband, Eddie, is from Surigao City, also from the Philippines. Wow. So you have twins. Yes. Yes. Was that overwhelming? Is that overwhelming to have two twins? They're three years old, you said? Yes, of course. There are times that it's overwhelming. Like, you know, at the same time, they will cry together at the same time. So there are times where it's challenging. But on the other hand, it's really a blessing. It's really a joy to have twins. Actually, it's, it's a prophecy to us that we will have twins, and it did, it happened. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yes, yeah, our, like the pastor who officiates our wedding, before our wedding, he's asking how many kids we want and like that, and because I, Eddie, my husband, just want one, and I, can, I was like, I'm okay with two, and then, but he said, you will have three kids. And I was like, what? Three kids? <laughs> and so anyway, when I gave birth to Jariah, it was really hard. Like it was challenging. It's like 19 hours of labor and mm-hmm. it ended up that is cesarean. And so after that, I was traumatized. I was like, oh no, I don't think I will have another one because of this experience. But I think it took me like three years, you know, to heal that. And then we said, okay, we want to have another one. And so my husband said, like, if that prophecy is really true, then we will have twins. And so the time when I was pregnant and our first checkup, and then so when 
my doctor said, oh yes, it's you are pregnant. And then it's like, she's like, oh wait, you have two, it's twins. And so it was just amazing. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Now, you were actually supposed to be one of our first guests on the podcast, and we haven't been able to, you know, talk to you yet because one of your sons has had some medical problems lately. Can you share a little bit about that situation and how that's been going? Yes. Also, the twins, they are premature, and because of that, like, there's a lot of health issues with them. And so, Josiah... He is only 1.7 kilos, you know, when I gave birth. Wow. And then Joshua, 2.2. So that's why Josiah, he has a lot of health issues. And so now lately, we notice that uh, his scrotum is uh, bigger. And then so that's why we went right away to the doctor. And so the doctor said that it needs a surgery. He needs to have a surgery. As of now, it's called hydrocil because there is a tube inside of him that's supposed to be in his age. It's closed already, but now it's not yet closed. And so if, if, there, if there's no surgery that will happen, that, then probably his intestine will go down his scrotum. And so that's why the doctor said that it really needs to have surgery. And so... We are ready for it, like we want to do it. And then after that, we are ready to go to the doctor for the surgery. Then we found out in the x-ray that he has pneumonia. And so because of that, he's not allowed to go through the surgery. He needs to be well first and no infection because of the process of the surgery that they were going to do. So actually, it's been emotionally draining actually so until now he did not have it yet because the doctor said it needs to be like four four weeks before the operation that he will be really fine that no holes no calf and all so next week is schedule so please pray for that absolutely yeah next week yeah wow that is That's kind of scary. Oh my goodness. We will definitely be keeping him in our prayers and you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Just really hope it gets to happen next week after all this waiting. I'm sure it's been so long. Yes. I think the waiting process is the one that is draining emotionally. Every week we go to his pedia and, and then so his pedia will check and all and he will like, okay. She, he's not ready yet for the surgery because of his health. And yeah, so it's been like a waiting and waiting and waiting. So we are really hoping that it will be next week. I hope so too. Yeah. Well, Lizelle, we want to hear some of your testimony today because I've heard it. <laughs> Michaela hasn't yet. But I think it is so amazing just what you've been through and how you've persevered through that. If there is one word I would use to describe what I've heard about your story, it's perseverance. You mm. have experience growing up in a family and community that didn't generally support you or encourage you in your faith. Um, and actually some threatened you and persecuted you for it. So to start off, can you just take us back to those early years of your life? How did you come to know Christ and what was it like for you once you surrendered your life to him? Yes. When I was five years old, my aunt brought me to, to Davao City, where we live now. 
because we are we live my family live in the province wherein like you need to walk for one hour and cross seven rivers in order for you to reach the school so my aunt went to visit there and so during the time she asked me if i want to 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 join her to davao city and have my education here and i said yes because you know like the school is just far from my parents house and so my aunt is a believer she's really my example of faith like she loved the lord she loved to serve the lord so and in the church she's part of the ministry she's very committed and also she will bring me wherever there is activities in the church like as seven years old or six years old so i join her with a bible study prayer meeting birthdays funeral services and every sunday he will she will bring us to church she will bring me to church and because of that i became a christian i know the lord through my aunt and then so my family my parents they are part of another religious group and so my parents my especially my father like doesn't like it that i became a believer you know and so as a young girl every summer break or like christmas break i will go and visit them my family and of course i'm so excited to be with them like to see them but my dad almost every day he is drunk and so he will scold me because of my faith he will throw words to me that is really painful and like he will tell me why you are joining the praise the lord hallelujah you know that you should follow our belief because we are your parents but anyway um so i grew up with my aunt and then but because the word of god was really planted in my heart so i really decided to follow jesus and so my my father said okay i cannot do anything because you are living with your aunt so that's why you are going to 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 the church where she belong but i don't want you to be baptized you know like in water baptism because if you will do that i will going to kill you you know so my dad my dad said that so i remember when i was 12 years old so my, our church like they said they ask who wants to be baptized and i was like i want to be baptized and so i really remember when i was like that when we were already uh, at the beach doing the baptism that were at the back of my mind i was thinking like oh no my my father will going to kill me of this decision but then the worship team they were singing the song i have decided to follow jesus no turning back no turning back so that song really like uh, spoke to me like i was okay lord i am I have decided to obey you to follow you no matter what cost even my father will gonna kill me I will gonna obey you so anyway I did and then few months later my dad knew that and he was really mad he was really angry but anyway after I finished elementary like 12 years old my dad told me to move to to out to my parents place because his purpose is he wants me to be like to be part of the religious group you know so 
that's why of course i cannot do anything because he's my parent they are my parents and so i decided to go back to my to, to my parents place but then since again the the school is far from from my parents place so i need to to rent a like an apartment that is close to the school and so when i did that i looked for a christian church and i found one and i became active and like do a lot of ministries with them and so of course my dad was really angry you know that the purpose that he brought me back is so that i will be part of their group you know but then i still continue on with my belief you know like my relationship with jesus and so yeah it was been two years that i was with them that it was really hard actually as 12 years old 13 years old like experiencing that and so also my parents they are also as i said they are like a religious group and then my teacher and my principal in the school where i go they are in the same religious group and so there are times where my teacher i remember where my teacher my principal will call me to their office and they will just scold me like why you are why you are believing in, in jesus why you are doing that you should follow your family your parents and so i remember even one time like with many people with like with my classmates and other students like they would just scold me in front of them and so of course personally i feel ashamed you know like that they are doing that to me but i said i really decided to follow you lord whatever it costs i will gonna follow you and so after two years my father was just like tired of me because i did not give up on my faith i can i continue on like going to church joining the activities and like the ministries i was so involved i was so like i just love jesus during that time and so i so my my father just really mad at me and then after two years my aunt came for my birthday and then so i still remember that my my, my father said i did everything for for Lizelle to change his belief to change his her religion but she is not you know following me she's not obeying what i want and now i will just give her back to you and she can now from now on she can do what she wants and she can you know like whatever religion she wants to be involved i just let it be you know so my dad just said that and i was so happy beginning that time he just gave me that freedom to choose wow that is just an incredible story just to hear about that kind of faith you had at such a young age is encouraging <laughs> Wow. I mean, like childlike faith, that's kind of what that just is such an amazing example of. I'm curious, what was the most difficult thing about that persecution that you faced? I think like that feeling of that my family and my relatives are all against me, you know, that feeling. And so I don't have anyone that I could like from my family and from my relatives because my relatives also you know they don't like my belief you know that i 
yeah and so i think like just feeling of the people especially my loved ones that they are all against me so that is the hardest yeah but your aunt was the one who really inspired you in your faith and she was kind of the one relative you had what about her i mean if you had to describe her what was she like as a person and in her faith yes my aunt she just loves the lord and i remember that she will wake up early in the morning almost every day she will get her guitar and just worship the lord and also like to pray she will mention each of our name because my aunt is the first one in our clan we we are we came from a big clan and so my aunt and my mother they are sisters they are like 12 siblings and so among our relatives only my aunt is a believer and so it was not also easy for her actually she also faced persecution from them and all but then my aunt i could describe her that she really a woman of prayer like she will pray almost every day and then just she just love to serve the lord and so she's really my example So is your family today are they still non-believers? That's the best thing now my family so we are eight siblings five of us are serving the Lord hallelujah four of us we are missionaries and then my brother he is also assisting in a church and then my family also my parents they go now to church where my brother is a pastor so yes that is so amazing and i know you prayed for them all these years right how how many years did you have to pray for your family before you saw this transformation since 5 years old actually when i experienced the lord yeah since 5 years old i've been praying for my family that they will be saved that they will know the lord and i keep on holding the the verse in acts 16 verse 34 that it says believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved you and your household mm. and so i've been holding on on that growing up really i've been holding on on that promise of god that lord that you will save my household you will save my family and i remember the first time i saw my father like i think i was 19 years old that he came to our church here in davao because they are they moved all of them they moved now to davao and then i remember the first time i saw him clapping his hands and just singing worship songs i was crying like wow lord I've been praying for this for so long and finally now you answered it. And so yeah, God just answered that prayer and now I could not even expect that five of us like my siblings that are really full time in the mission. And so that's how God rewarded my my faith and that I did not give up. in spite there were a lot of times where i want to give up because i feel alone i feel like they are all against me but then i keep on reading the the word of the lord i think that two years when i was living with my family 
really the the word of god is my comfort you know like i was reading a lot about the book of acts where you know like paul and the other um disciples were persecuted that even Stephen, right like he was stoned to death because of his faith and so i was so encouraged by that i remember that there were nights where i would just cry reading the word of god the book of acts and i was like wow lord your passion they're, you know in spite of the persecution they did not give up and so that really inspired me to continue on in my faith and not to give up and now i see the result of that that i did not give up my faith and i did not give up in praying for my family so now yeah that is just incredible <laughs> at what point in all of this did you decide that you wanted to go into full-time missions what inspired that becoming a missionary yeah uh, actually when i was 10 years old as i said my aunt will bring me anywhere like to do ministries <laughs> so i'm always present and so i see her how she pray to people serve people and do bible studies and all she really inspired me with that so when i was 10 years old i said to god lord I want to be a missionary. And so I have that call since I was young. And so that's why I grew up that I already know my direction in life that I will be a missionary one day. And so I said to God that time that Lord when I finish my my college I will be in mission. So indeed after I finish my education I joined YWAM and so yeah since 2008 when you look back on your whole experience growing up and then going into missions what are some of the most beautiful and most fulfilling ways that you've seen god show up in your life obviously your family is one of them but what are some other ways that you've seen him in your life yes yeah that's right my family that's really one where wow that god answered that prayer and also like to see the transformation of the people that we are ministering like because we are part of the discipleship training school and so, so we run that in our base and so just to see and hear the testimonies of the young people how god changed them how god transformed them in that six months of their training so that really inspires me to go on god use us and so it inspires me to go on do you have a favorite student that i mean okay you can't have favorites but what are some of maybe the best stories that have come out of doing that yes there is one we have one student that i i was also her one on one like her mentor during the during the school she grew up in the orphanage and so i was having a hard time to handle her of course because of her past because of her you know that she grew up in the orphanage and even to the point where she told me that i don't trust you i don't like you and so she has a lot of hurts and pain and bad experiences in life and so i just keep on like being there for her praying for her encouraging her and 
not giving up on her. And actually, at the end of the DTS, of the training, during graduation, I think, that she gave me a letter. And she said there that, thank you for not giving up on me. You are the only person that I trust. And you did not give up on me in spite of my bad behavior towards you. But still, you keep on pursuing and you did not give up on me. So that was really like, I cried because I went through a lot with her. Like, But I was like, okay, this is discipleship training school, so I won't give up on her. And so through God's grace, yeah, she was transformed. <laughs> that's just a beautiful picture of the gospel too. Um, that's exactly what Christ does is he pursues us even when... <laughs> Maybe we are pushing him away, and it's that's even what he did in your family, that they were hard-hearted against him, and through you, he, he continued to pursue your family, and it, I think that's just a beautiful picture of the gospel. Yes. Now, I also want to ask about something which I know you've shared with me before. I would love for you to share with the listeners some of the desires of your heart that God gave you. <laughs> I remember a very cute story about seeing snow and riding an airplane. Could you share kind of how God gave you some of the desires of your heart? Yes, sure. So my family, as I said, we grew up in a we grew up in a province and even until now there's no electricity there there's no running water and all until now <laughs> so our family we came from a very poor family and then so that's why for us even to eat a good food a good meal in three times a day sometimes it's hard you know and so yeah, life was just hard for me growing up that even with my aunt, as I was living with my aunt, I need to I need to work and I need to come back from school. Even I was still in elementary, like seven years old, eight years old. We need to do something so that we can eat. And so I remember one time we were walking and then my brother was with me and then we saw this helicopter or, you know, the small kind of airplane. <laughs> and so my brother, I, I was asking my brother, I was like, what is that? And my brother said, it's an airplane. And I said, one day I can ride with that. And so I have that, I don't know, like even as young, I have that faith already. And then my teacher were talk i think i was 8 years old when my teacher was talking about the different season in in other countries so he's talking of, she's talking about like there is fall there is summer and like that because here in the philippines we only have rainy season and sunny <laughs> we only have two seasons <laughs> and then so my my and so my teacher said and this is no and so the snow is like an ice, it's very cold. And I said in my mind, I was like, one day I can touch that, not just in my, not just in my, you know, in the picture, but one day I can touch that. I, I said that. And so, yeah, when I was 18 years old, I 
I met a missionaries. They are from America. And I lived with them, with my cousin, when I was 18. And then my relationship, our relationship with them were just developed. And they just treat us as their own children, you know, because they adopted two Koreans. And then they don't have their own children. But then they just treat us as their own care, as their own children. They were also missionaries. And so their friends and families wants to meet us. So that's why they brought us to DAP to the U.S. during their furlough for four months. So I experienced that. And so my first ride in the airplane, I was like, wow, this is it. And how God is just reminding me on that event in my life, that memory that when I said one day I can ride with that. And so... I was so happy and like I could not believe it at first that wow now I am riding an airplane <laughs> and then with the snow like we went to Colorado and then so when I see the snow so right away I opened the car and I just ran and I forgot that I did not have my like my gloves and all but I was just there like crawling and I was like, and God also reminded me that time. Remember, Lizelle, when you said that word, and now you are here. And I was just crying, the first experience with snow. And I was just crying. I was like, God, wow, you got the desire of my heart. Yeah. And yeah, it's just really amazing how God, you know, even small wishes, desires we have, like, how God grants that. Yeah, that is something that I actually, I really resonate with that. I, in my, my senior year of high school, I learned just about how God, he wants to fulfill, like he gave us these desires so that he could fulfill them himself. And like one of my desires in high school is like to be romanced. And like, I was like, okay, God, like you get to romance me and like sweep me off my feet and woo my heart. Like, that's I want my romance to come from you God and so like that's that's just kind of what that reminded me of like it'd be like a sunset or just sweet little moments with God that's like he delights in wooing us and sweeping us off our feet and giving us those simple joys in life whether it be snow or a sunset or sweet passage of scripture like those moments are just so simple but so sweet and impactful mm, yeah yeah, and he gives them to us because they're just joy. They're just, it's like that passage in, I think, John, <laughs> which talks about how Jesus comes to give us an abundant life. And part of that abundant life is joy. And it's not, you know, it's not ever, it's not like he's a genie in a bottle here to give us any selfish desire of our heart. But when it's a simple joy, something that just brings us delight, I think God delights in that too. So I love those stories. And then a little bit related to joy, my next question is actually about passion. I want to hear about your current day work with YWAM. What are you passionate about in that work? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What inspires you to go into that work wholeheartedly? Yeah, I think it's just the call of God. I know my calling. I know that he called us to disciple young people, to train leaders and equip them and to teach his word 
And so that keeps on, you know, like, okay, I will do this. This is my calling. This is God wants me to do, to help people, to serve people. And so that keeps me going. And yeah, and to see the, and also to see the impact, you know, that we brought to the, to the people around us. And so, yeah, it's the, it's the passion from God to continue on of what we are doing. And of course, it's not all the time, like all good, you know, there are circumstances, there are challenges along the way. But because I know that this is the call of God for, for me, then I will gonna do it. I will gonna pursue it. I will gonna persevere. And I will gonna continue on running the race because this is God's call over my life. <laughs> that's beautifully said. Yeah, God's calling, that that's a powerful thing. And I think that's just so in- encouraging and, and amazing to see that, that that's what drives you is this call that God has on your life. Yes. What advice would you give to someone who maybe is unsure of what God's calling is on their life? I think, you know, God will going to speak to us. And as you seek the Lord, God will going to make it clear to you, you know, what is what is your call? And I know that we live here that God gave us life for a purpose. And so each one of us, we have a purpose in life. And so it's so fulfilling, you know, when we know that we are living in the call that God calls us. You know, for me personally, as I said, it was not all easy. I remember after I finished college, because I was the first one who finished college in my family, so I can get a good job because I, I was a teacher. I finished uh, a teacher. And so I can that time I was tempted because I finished my studies and then I did my board exam and I passed. I remember when I get my ID as a teacher, I was really like tempted. Should I proceed to my calling or should I get a job and help my family? Because uh, one of the culture here in the Philippines that if you finish your school, like you will going to help your family. And so that's one of our job as kids, like to help our family. And so, as I said, growing up, that we have a hard life. And so, of course, my heart is to help my family financially. And but then I was on that moment where should I continue on? Should I pursue my calling or should I get a job? And actually, I decided I, I decided to like, okay, I will just work and help my family. But during that week, when I decided that I don't have the peace at all, I was so in trouble, I could not sleep and all. And then I came to the point that I said to God, Lord, I'm already tired. I could not sleep. I'm I'm really in trouble right now. I just surrender to you everything. And after that, when I say that word, God just give me the word in Psalms 37 for that, Delight yourself into the Lord and he will grant the desires of your heart. Because my desire also is to help my family, that they can have, my siblings can go to school. And then, but then I said, Lord, I will follow you and God, you will take care of my family. 
And so as I obeyed the Lord, I've seen and witnessed how He took care of my family. And so, yeah, I think it's really important. And, you know, it's fulfilling every day when I wake up that I know that I am walking in the call of God in my life. It's fulfilling. Yes, you might have money, you might, you might be rich, or you might have all you want. But then if you are not in the call of God in your life, they're still missing, you know, like something is missing, something is lacking. Even you have the, the riches of this world, but then there's something that is lacking. And because you are not fulfilling the call of God in your life. And so for me personally, that really like in spite and despite of hardship in life, I know that I am in the call of God and walking in the call of God. So it's fulfilling and it's a joy. Yeah. Wow. That is so great. I know you just answered a question of what would you tell someone who doesn't maybe recognize or see the call of God in their life yet, but I have another one. What would you say to someone who, similar to your early years, is going through persecution? And maybe it's just an uncomfortable situation. Maybe it's an even threatening or harmful situation. What would you say to someone who is struggling to persevere in her faith? Yes. Keep going. And if you are experiencing persecution, praise the Lord. <laughs> it means that you are in the right track. It means that you are doing the, the right thing. Because, yeah, the Bible is clear that people will persecute us. People won't like us, you know. But then, yeah, just keep going. I think the, the good word in Matthew 5, 11, well, that it says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yes. So, yeah, if, we, if you experience persecution, just don't give up. You know, continue on running the race, and God will reward us. You know, it says here that he will reward us for that obedience. And he said, rejoice. You know, so even we undergo trials and persecution, but still to rejoice. And our reward in heaven is waiting as we continue on and persevering. Yeah, so don't let your faith, you know, like, that persecution will hinder you in your faith. But instead, be inspired by that faith to continue on. That's an encouraging word. And I know that rejoicing in the midst of something that is hard. <laughs> it's so hard. And it's definitely easier said than done. Yeah. But the Lord, He will absolutely equip us and give us everything that we need to get through that. <laughs> And your testimony is just so beautiful and encouraging. Your faith is incredible. It's just so clear that you are on fire for the Lord and you love him and you serve him with all that you have. Do you have advice for people who, who have family members who aren't believers? 
I think that that's something that I often take for granted that my my parents and my brother like they're they are all believers and I've grown up in a Christian home. Do you have advice for people? Maybe they're not going through persecution necessarily, but they have family members that they love that don't believe in Christ. What would you say to encourage those people? Keep praying, you know, like don't give up on praying for them. And also uh, unbelievers, they don't have Bible, you know, so they don't read Bible. So we are the Bible to them. So as believers, we are the Bible to them. So the way we live our life, the way we talk, the way we act, so we are portraying, you know, the, that Jesus is in us. So as we live a life that is, you know, example to them, they will see that, that, wow, she's different. Why she's, in spite of circumstances, she's still joyful. And so they will see that, that there is something different in us. And so that's why I continue on in praying for them believing and holding on to the word of God. For me personally, that Acts that I was reading a while ago, that my household will be saved. I was declaring that, Lord, my household will be saved. And so keep on praying, holding on to God's promise and living a life that is an example to them. I think it's evident just from your joy and your hope that God has been faithful to you. And <laughs> So encouraged. I'm so encouraged listening to the hope and joy you have, even without that amazing testimony to everything you've been through and every way that God has blessed you and come through for you. Even without all of that, your joy and your hope speak for themselves. And I think that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing everything today. Um, I think we can wrap this up now. So my last question is just what can we in our community be praying for you? Please continue to pray again with my son that is surgery will be pursued and also God's um, right now like God's guidance for us and wisdom with my husband as we are leading the YWAM base here in Davao our really prayer that God's will will be fulfilled and his purpose will be fulfilled here it's not about us but it's really about him so yeah just pray please pray for that that for God's direction, guidance, and wisdom as we lead the base. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be part of this. Really, it's a great opportunity. Wow. <laughs> I'm just so blessed and happy right now. So yes, um, I told the Lord before, actually, I asked him this question, God, why I went through a lot as young, as a young girl, why I experienced persecution, why I experienced hardship in life. And I remember that I just sense and feel it that God is just like, I will use your testimony to bless others and to encourage others. And so, yeah, I mean, right now I was just reminded of that and I'm grateful that I've been through a lot growing up but then God can turn it into good and use it into good. <laughs> Thank you, Lizelle. I am so encouraged by this testimony from you and I know that others will be too. Thank you for listening to the Adorned Women podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you heard here, then follow us on our Instagram for even more great content all week long. Our handle is at Adorned Women. You can also visit our website at www.adornedwomen.com. And of course, join us again next week as we connect with another sister in Christ and learn so much from her life of faith. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.